Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Darren Collison is back in the NBA, ladies and gentlemen. Christmas came a day early. Oh, yes, it's true. Ho, ho, ho. I mean, okay, so maybe a hair of an overstatement. I think we can all agree that maybe I got just a tad too excited. But this is Darren Collison we're talking about. This was a founding member of the Dan Vespers old man squad. He wasn't even old in real years. Little did we know four years ago that he was about to retire. He really was. He embodied the old man squad. I almost called it the old man club. That'd be the debunk. It's not a big deal. From a fantasy perspective, it's actually a very small deal because he's signing a 10-day contract with the Lakers, but I couldn't think of a more apt and also hilarious way to start this Friday show. Good Friday to you all, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. Merry Christmas, everyone. That'll be tomorrow. We do not have a show on Saturdays, so this will be the last one you guys listen to before we're on the other side of it. Back on Monday the 27th with a reverse chronological lighting round. No basketball tonight, but of course the Christmas Day slate tomorrow is set to be a good and goofy one. Because, damn it, we don't even know who's going to be playing by tomorrow. By the way, Lakers also signed uh, Stanley Johnson to a 10-day contract. But again, this is all very much a a big fat who cares. Uh, Another slew of players into and out of COVID protocols today. As I mentioned on yesterday's show, at least we're now at the part of the story where guys come out at about the same pace they go in. It still seems more frustrating because the guys coming out of protocols, usually it's like a couple of relevant players and then a whole bunch of fringy guys. And the guys going in all feel like dudes that you were set to start in your fantasy team. I'll tell you why it feels that way. Because it is that way. The reason that it is that way is actually more the story because the the folks going into protocols right now were heavily the backups. Aniko Kongwu, for instance, who we talked about as one of the best pickups streaming options of the week, into protocols now. If he went into protocols last week, you wouldn't have cared. You only care now because Clint Capella already went in. When Capella comes out of protocols, we're all going to be happy. When Okongwu comes out of protocols, we're not really going to pay attention to it. So that's the phenomenon that you're experiencing in your head right now, which is that everyone going into protocols is someone you were basically starting on your fantasy team because they were filling in for the guys who are already in protocols. It's the next man up kind of thing, but chronologically, it feels worse. Your first choice went into protocols, so you had to go to your second choice. Then your second choice went into protocols. Now you're going down to your third choice. Each time, you have to do something actionable. When all three of those guys come out of protocols, that's only one actionable thing, which is get the first choice back into your lineup. That's why it doesn't feel as good. But I can promise you guys that from a strict numbers standpoint, the fact that guys like Giannis, Bobby Portis, these guys are starting to get ready to clear. I don't think they're playing tomorrow. We'll see. Giannis is a maybe... We hadn't heard anything about Portis. KD's still out, but 
Uh, a lot of the other Nets have uh, cleared protocols. Bruce Brown is back in. DeAndre Bembry's back in. We knew Harden from yesterday. You know, we talked about the Hornets last week. The Bulls are basically all coming out. So there is an in and out happening here. It's just that a lot of the guys clearing protocols were only relevant because they were filling in. I don't want to do a show where I talk a bunch about fill-in options because, frankly, by the time you guys listen to this show, I'm guessing, like, Sunday night (laughs) to get ready for the Monday show, if you listen to this episode at all, you might have gotten this far and then thought, oh, I don't need to listen to that episode, and then you advance to the next one. By the time you guys listen to this thing, the streaming options I've given you are probably going to be irrelevant. We did get a little bit of injury news, which I think is relevant because it does pertain to kind of the streaming stuff. I already mentioned, by the way, that Anyako Kongwu is in two protocols. I bring it up quickly here because Gorgie Jang is now the last center on that roster. So pick up Gorgie Jang everywhere. He should be largely available in fantasy leagues for their Christmas Day affair. And with Capella and Okongwu out for presumably another week at least on the Okongwu front and maybe a little bit less than that on Capella, you might get three games, potentially big ones, out of Jang, who's long been a fantasy favorite, but just frankly, on a day-to-day basis, he isn't good enough anymore to get the 30 minutes he might get now in the short term. Other news from Atlanta, um, DeLon Wright, Cam Reddish, they both got hurt in their last ball game. Uh... And there was a fear, I think, that they wouldn't be able to play on Christmas Day. It sounds like both of those guys are probable. So if you had them, you might have had to make the move already. Like, I had to drop DeLon right in a couple spots because I just, frankly, didn't want to wait to see if he was going to be uh, available. Um, and now it seems like he probably is. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, so if you can get DeLon right back, I would do it. If you can still have Cam Reddish on your team, I would do it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you got all that stuff floating around. These The Hawks remain very interesting and useful, streamable assets here because we do know that pretty much everybody's out for a little bit yet. But then there's all this other stuff going on. Uh, Knicks are coming out of protocol. R.J. Barrett possibly could play tomorrow. Emmanuel quickly is out of protocols, but it sounds like he is out of conditioning, so he probably won't play tomorrow. So what does that mean for Kemba Walker? Here's the problem, and this is going to happen to a lot of us here, by the way. Um, So I want want everybody to pay very close attention to what I'm about to say. You're going to get too attached to your streaming options for however long this phenomenon continues. And that's kind of what today's discussion is going to be about. Because... Yes, we could go through some of the stuff that happened on Thursday. But again, I don't think that many of you guys are listening to this before the Christmas Day games start anyway. So I kind of thought maybe today would be better to do like a 15-minute rant. Not even a rant. It's just on. It's a strategic analysis of how the next few weeks are going to play out as opposed to, hey, here are the pickups you need to make, and by the time you listen to it, they're no longer relevant. So that was the NBA news. I thought those were the, the big things because this, this Hawks stuff is actionable for Christmas Day. Bucks stuff is actionable. If Giannis is back, I think you can move on from Boogie Cousins. Uh, Al Horford, he's questionable. 
Not that that's changing all that much for uh, Boston because Ennis Cantor went into protocols, but these types of things, the actionable stuff is the, the stuff that I want to keep kind of on that front burner. They were talking about Trey Young as like m- maybe there was a chance he might play tomorrow and then they finally ruled him out. He's only been in protocols, I think, for five or six days. Have they already shortened the asymptomatic quarantine time? I didn't think that was done yet, but maybe it is. Maybe it happened and I didn't hear about it. All right, so here's the thing. We're all going to get too attached to our streaming options. What I would recommend is, and and we can use examples from Thursday if you want to like really see this in action. Orlando is a spot where we can see this in action. Cole Anthony came back. Wendell Carter Jr. came back. Gary Harris still had a good ball game, but it was lucky. Because his job when Cole Anthony was out actually involved facilitating. He started plays. With Anthony back, he didn't start anything yesterday. He was exclusively a shooter. So as much as I enjoyed Gary Harris's little run with Cole Anthony hurt, it wasn't protocols, that's a situation where if you started him yesterday, Thursday, you got lucky. And it happened to me. I had him in a couple of lineups and I couldn't get back to pull him out. We got lucky together. Chumo Kiki, who still was starting, but his role shrinks markedly. Now, admittedly, he took nine shots in only 17 minutes. He was in horrible foul trouble early in Thursday's ballgame. But now, if Mobamba comes back, that sort of finishes the job. That pushes Okiki back to the bench. It pushes him back to generally being irrelevant, which is what he was before this big run with Cole, Carter, Bamba, all those guys out. I use these guys as an example And this isn't even a COVID team. It's going to be even more weird with COVID because we're going to get word generally morning of of someone clearing protocols. With injuries, sometimes you find out earlier, like, oh, so-and-so is expected to make their return on Wednesday, and you can kind of plan ahead. With COVID, it's, oh, so-and-so just cleared protocols. Now we got to figure out if they're well-conditioned enough to get into your lineup. And if we get lucky, they might say, you know, let's pretend that one of these guys was a COVID case. They say, oh, you know, Cole Anthony, again, not COVID, but we're pretending, uh, cleared protocols, but he's not conditioned enough, so he'll make his return in the next ballgame. Good. That gives us, like, one more day to squeeze something out of a guy. But the thing I really want us to focus on, and I'm going to use DeMarcus Cousins as a really good example of this. I dropped DeMarcus Cousins after I streamed him, by the way. I used him for his last two ball games, and they were good ones. And it's really tempting to stick with a guy like that when they're playing really well, even though we know, we're smart enough to know that when Giannis comes back or Portis comes back, Boogie's not going to get those types of minutes and those types of opportunities. We know, we're smart enough to know that when someone comes back, it's going to impact him enough. But there's that element, there's that thing in our psyche that says we gotta squeeze this thing for every drop it's worth. Let's say, you know, I picked up Boogie uh, not for the first game in his really nice three-game run here, but for the second two. Let's say one of you guys out there, or gals, only got him for the second half of their recent back-to-back. So you only got one good game out of DeMarcus Cousins in this stream. Head-to-head or roto, but preferably the roto side. Because if you're picking up guys willy-nilly like this, 
that means you probably don't have a moves cap in your league. And you're head-to-head, you're looking for someone who can last you a week. So you probably didn't have him anyway. Here's what you need to do. First of all, you need to ignore that urge. Forget ignoring it. You need to actively fight against that urge that's telling you, I can get another game out of this guy. And instead, I want you to plant the, the seed, the urge seed in your brain to say, I'm going to get off of these guys too early. Okay? Because if you're planning to get off of these guys too early in fantasy, in reality, yeah, you might miss one good game from a guy before something changes and their role shifts. But you're not going to accidentally spend a games cap on, like, what if DeMarcus Cousins plays eight minutes when Giannis comes back? That's brutal. That's way worse for your overall Roto team than skipping out on him having a good game. It is, and this is the same thing as our draft philosophy, it is far more important to avoid the bad than it is to hit the good. The bads can weigh you down so far. But there may all, there's always going to be another good game. You might miss one good game, but you can find another. So, a really nice example of this might have been yesterday. We didn't know that Aniko Kangwu was going to be in protocols this morning. Um, so, I, I can't use Gorgie Jang as an example. But by yesterday, we did have a pretty good idea that LaMarcus Aldridge was not going to be back for Brooklyn on Christmas Day, because he went out a little bit after these other guys, and there really hasn't even been any whispers of him getting out of protocols. So you could have looked at stuff yesterday and thought, all right, look, uh, crap, you could have even done it today. All right, we got our good games out of DeMarcus Cousins. We know someone's about to come back. Will they come back on Christmas? Maybe. I mean, there's no games today, so that gave us a weird little buffer window. But if you're in a league where the moves operate a day in advance again this is a little bit more roto-y i think than head-to-head today you can look at the board and say i have two choices i can hold on to demarcus cousins and hope that Giannis and portis don't play and then great i get to start cousins and he's gonna have a good game because we know it if he plays and he starts and those other guys aren't there he's gonna put up big numbers or i can switch from demarcus cousins over to nick claxton blake griffin gorgie jang I'm not going to say Nas Reed because dude doesn't play until Monday. I'm just talking about Christmas streams right now. There are three big men, I believe, on the board for Christmas that don't have that other stuff hanging over their heads. Gorgie Jang, for instance, there's really no one behind him anymore. And no one's about to come out of protocols and crush him. The only way we get nailed with Jang is if he gets hurt or goes into protocols. Blake Griffin, it feels pretty, I think I, I, I'm fairly comfortable in saying that Brooklyn has sort of gotten through this team outbreak. You know, no one's gone into protocols in a while. The folks that have gotten it here, seems like they've sort of gotten it now. So Blake Griffin, Nick Claxton, who's back from his injury, wasn't protocols, was an injury. You have three choices of guys that we don't know for sure what they're going to do. Here, this, is, this is where the equation part comes in. We know what Boogie does when Portis and Giannis are out, and it's good. He's been, you know, top 75, top 80 type production these last two games. 
maybe even a little better. We don't know what Gorgie Jank's going to do tomorrow. We don't know what Blake Griffin's going to do tomorrow. We don't know what Nick Claxton's going to do tomorrow. Although, we did see that, and frankly, with DeAndre Bembry and Bruce Brown coming back, I think that makes Blake Griffin a little bit less interesting. But we did see what Claxton did in a couple, one game, I think, maybe two, before he got hurt when Aldridge was out. And he played about 24, 25 minutes, and he was pretty good. He wasn't DeMarcus-level good with Giannis and Portis out, but there's no fear around his name tomorrow. Aldridge isn't coming back, so Claxton's going to get his minutes. So this is where you need to just stay one day ahead. You need to be okay with giving up the potential that DeMarcus Cousins is going to have one more big game to get on the next stream to make sure that you don't actually accidentally start a guy where, I mean, if you accidentally leave Cousins in a lineup tomorrow and Giannis plays, you could end up getting completely blasted. And again, this is, we're talking about a, a leagues without a weekly move limit, but with a games cap. Because right now, you probably need to be cycling high upside streams into your lineup in Roto. Otherwise, you're going to fall behind everyone else in games played. Lord knows I'm falling way behind other teams in games played. Now, with head-to-head, you're probably out of moves this week. I'm guessing four of your guys have gone into protocols this week alone, and you've had to either drop them if they're fringy or make other moves to just make sure you're getting a decent number of games played. I'm doubting that many of you in head-to-head have moves left for Christmas morning. You probably just have to ride it out at this point. I will say this. As you make it through the weekend, Eric Bledsoe later this weekend, and then early next week, Nas Reed are terrific, as is the Minnesota McDaniels. There's no point in me giving the first name, because you guys will never remember which one I'm which one is on which team anyway. There's the Minnesota McDaniels and the Charlotte McDaniels. The Minnesota one is also a really nice stream right now, because the Wolves are in their own little outbreak. So they're all out there, and they're lined up for us. Not everybody plays every single day. We got all these, we got like four streaming options tomorrow on Christmas Day. We got a handful more on Sunday. And then we got more already lined up for Monday of players that don't play between now and then. And there will be more between now and then. And it's why I don't want to spend this whole podcast just detailing who my favorite streams are for the next two days because they won't be in two days. But if you want one more name that popped up on yesterday's list, it's Trey Lyles. Because now Detroit is fighting their way through an outbreak. Uh, Corey Joseph actually is an interesting stream. He's going to be playing very heavy point guard minutes with no Cade, no Killian Hayes. No Grant, who's obviously hurt. But the Pistons now, all of a sudden, have all these extra bodies in the mix. But Detroit doesn't play for a couple days also, so you can sit on it. You can stay a step ahead. You might have Brooklyn players for tomorrow, but knowing that LaMarcus Aldridge and Kevin Durant are actually close to coming back, tomorrow might be the only day you run with your Brooklyn players. Like, you might get to Christmas Day, and then for the following day, drop those guys for Pistons, who you probably have about a week with. You need to be on top of it. Drop the guy too early. Yeah, I mean, there's a possibility that KD um, 
and Aldridge are out another ball game for the Nets. But what is the absolute longest time you think they're going to be out? I think Christmas and maybe one more game. So if you could drop, say, Claxton after a, a good ball game on Christmas Day, let's say that hypothetically he does have a decent ball game and it becomes harder to make that drop, I'm still doing it. Because I'm saying, look, I think I maybe, I think maybe in two days now, I'm going to get one more good game out of Claxton. Or I make the move today to Trey Lyles and I probably register at least three more useful ball games. Because Isaiah Stewart out, Kelly Olynyk still out. You want, and this is actually probably the case for both head-to-head and Roto, you want to be using your moves right now to pick up streamers who have the maximum number of games in the lowest number of days. You're treating, because there are so many all-format streamers, you want them to also have a good schedule. It's not like in the past where if you found a really high upside stream that only went three times in seven days, you could just sort of sit on that. Right now... You want your streams to be three times in four days. Because someone's coming out of protocols in a week, so you want to get four games out of that guy before you move on, especially if you're moving on a game early like we were talking about. So stay on top of it. Grab the guys you think you can get three games out of over a five-day span or whatever it might be, and then be ready to move on to the next one because, trust me when I tell you this, there will be a next one. There are a lot of teams still that haven't really been hit by COVID yet. And they will be. Not all of them, but plenty. Celtics have had a few, but haven't really been smashed by it. You know, Tatum's fine. Brown missed time for other stuff. Marcus Smart, they haven't lost those guys. Pacers dealing with other injuries, but COVID could hit them. Honestly, there aren't that many teams left in the Eastern Conference that haven't been nailed by it. Suns have been relatively clear. In the Western Conference, Jazz have been almost completely clear. I think they have actually been clear. Grizzlies. Wasn't it just Ja? I think it was only Morant somehow. Clippers, Lakers, uh, Lakers have hit it. Clippers have been a pretty recent one, so theirs could get worse before it gets better. Nuggets haven't been hit by COVID as much as other stuff. Wolves outbreak just started. Spurs haven't really been hit by it. They had it last year, remember. So did Grizz. Blazers dealing with other stuff for the most part. Pelicans haven't had a breakout. Thunder haven't really had a breakout. Rockets haven't really had a breakout. There's like a solid 30 to 40% of the NBA that hasn't had their chunk of players left, and probably another 15 to 20% beyond that that has only lost like a couple of guys. And so those ones, you figure maybe they get worse before they get better. So trust me when I tell you this, the streaming stuff is far from done. I think we probably have another three to four weeks where it's a lot like this. Guys going in, guys coming out of protocols. And there are going to be values out there. Players that were, and and believe me, we'll stay on top of it when the time comes, but that's the other part of this equation is while we're getting so deep into this, because you guys have heard me, treat this as a joy. Don't treat this as a chore. This is an opportunity for you to really smash the competition in your league by getting these intensely high upside streaming options. 
rolling Cam Reddish out on a healthy game and he puts up 35, 4, and 4 or something for three games in a row, that's a monster. There are monsters out there. Like, there's fourth and fifth round values that are three, four, five of them popping up every single day if you're comfortable just using them for a week. But it will end, as all waves have to this point, or it'll at least come back down. At that point, you want to be ready to pounce on the guys that are going to be good rest of season because some of them are getting dropped. DeAnthony Melton's gotten dropped in some spots. I'm guilty of doing it in one place. Patrick Beverly has definitely been dropped in some spots. Jared Vanderbilt, Adam King was telling us earlier this week of some of the names he's seen cast aside because of COVID, because of a desire to stream. When teams have seven guys in protocols and fantasy, they're probably dropping one or two of those dudes. So be ready. We're not there yet. I don't think you're at stashing time yet, but maybe like January 5th, somewhere in that neck of the woods, Something like 12 to 15, 14 to 20 days from now, when this thing starts to begin to cool off, that's when you're going to want to start squatting on guys because there's going to be a bunch of really interesting proven assets that are just sitting out there on the waiver wire. And no one can keep track of it because there's so many ever-loving moves happening right now in fantasy leagues and real ones. All you got to do is be diligent scouring the wire and you're going to see some weird names that you didn't realize were there. Enjoy your Christmas, everyone. We're not diving into the boxes today. Today's about strategy, because we are in the strangest NBA fantasy stretch that I think any of us has ever experienced, and we are we're beating the game mentally before we beat the game by execution. This is our film session. We are studying the game, because it's different right now. And if we adapt quicker than the other 11 teams in your league... We're going to win, even with five guys in COVID protocols. Be safe. Have a lovely Christmas weekend. We will talk to you on Monday, Reverse Chronological Lightning Round. I'm Dan Bespris. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. Shout out once again to our buddies at mybookie.ag. Free $20 casino chip happening right now if you go over there. There will be odds boosts. I believe there are two of them on the basketball games coming up on Christmas tomorrow. And a free gift Every single day, starting three days ago, running all the way through January the 1st. We are already up $35, and that's despite losing the last $10 casino chip. So if that turned into anything beyond that... Oh, I'm sorry. uh, There were some free spins in the casino earlier today that I turned into $7. I'm actually up $42 on the week so far. There has been zero catch. There's no buy-in, nothing. All you got to do is have an account... If you need to deposit some money when you open it up, fine. Use promo code HOOPBALL when you're starting it so they know who's taking their money. And join us. Come, please, for goodness sake. Again, we're only three days into this, and we're up $42 and counting. Kind of want to do a show over the weekend just to tell you how much we're up in my bookie. And, of course, our buddies over at uh, thrivefantasy.com. Promo code there is ETHOS. And that's the end of that chapter. I don't remember. What's that? That's the end of that chapter. What is that from? I'll remember over the weekend. Talk to you guys on Monday. So long, everybody.